Hey everybody, welcome to the Church at South Point podcast. We're so glad that you have found your way to our little corner of the online universe. This Lent, in the weeks leading up to Easter, we are slowing it way down. We're sitting with Jesus in the wilderness and letting the Holy Spirit draw questions to the surface that need our attention, even when they make us feel a bit uncomfortable. I'm so glad you've come to join us. She just leaves them in the dust and runs back into her community to tell them about her experience of Jesus. We receive, we give. It's the rhythm of life. We breathe in, we breathe out. Our heart takes blood in, it pumps blood out. Tides go in, tides go out. And this flow of generosity is the heart of the kingdom. And over time, the distinction between giver and receiver falls away. And we're all one in this flow so that whatever you do to the least of these, you've done unto Jesus. And by stepping into that flow of living water, that flow of love, we're set free. So we're asking the question in the wilderness, what are we receiving? And what are we giving? What are being called to receive? What are we being called to give? Over the years, South Point has been a supporter of the work of LifeWater Canada. LifeWater believes that having clean, accessible drinking water is the right to all people. Everyone should have it. There's 780 million people who are using disease-filled, unclean water. 1.6 million die a year, and half of those are children. And LifeWater has set this target goal of ending that cycle. Their mission is to provide safe drinking water and improve hygiene in Liberia, Nigeria, Kenya, and Haiti. Donors like South Point come alongside Life Water and sponsor projects. And then the locals in the village contribute sweat equity and a little contribution. And then Life Water trains in-country teams to drill and maintain the wells and run hygiene programs. And we've been supporting LifeWater for a while, but this is the first day we actually have a representative of LifeWater to come and talk to us. And I'm so excited to have Scott Chapman with us. Scott is the grant manager for LifeWater Canada. And I've asked him to come and tell you a little bit about projects we've done in the past, a project we could do in the future, and a little bit more about what makes this organization so unique. So, Scott, welcome. We've had some lovely conversations this week over the phone. I found out so much more, and and I'm really excited for what he has to share. So I found this chart on the LifeWater website, which laid out four key development goals. We put them up here on the screen. Scott, can you tell us a little bit about these four goals and why they're important to your organization? Yeah. So as you mentioned, the kind of the statistics of the amount of people not having safe water, this is all part of in conjunction of uh, in 2015, the United Nations laid out 17 sustainable development goals, number six of which is to give clean water to everybody by the end of 2030. In order to reach that goal right now, the pace would need to about quadruple. So we're probably not going to make 2030, uh, but we consider ourselves to be a small part of that major global goal. So the way we do that, do these basically four 
basic goals. The first two are kind of going together, just trying to provide safe water for people that do not have it. Uh, easiest way for us to do that is to drill water wells in areas that either do not have safe water or in areas that have safe water, but not enough to keep up with the population demands that are in there. Uh, and then the second two tie in together, and that is about sustainability of those wells that we drill. Clean water uh, charities have kind of learned over the past decades that uh, there's been a, sorry, this is my first time, so I'm going to. Uh, we're, yeah. we're so glad that you're that it's your first time because it's it's our first time too to have like, yes <laughs> great partnership so we're all here. newbies yeah so one of the problems that other charities have found in the past is that you would gather up a group of like you know Americans or Canadians or wherever you're from gather up some money gather up gather up a team fly out to the country drill that well task done head back home and then that community would have a water well for a little while, but eventually it would break down. For the community that is in there, they would not consider that well or that pump to be theirs. So what in the past, LifeWater has got phone calls and say, hey, your well broke down, we need you to come and fix it. And sometimes it would just be like a really minor issue with the pump. But if nobody in the community knows how to fix it, then all your work to get the water is moot. Mm -hmm. We partner with local NGOs in all the countries that we work in so that they are all within just a few hours drive of every well that they drill. If anything ever breaks down, the community has contact information to the NGO. Just call them up saying, hey, we need you to come fix it. Within a couple of weeks, they're there and the pump is restored. Mm -hmm. That's really unique. I mean, if you study development work, there are so many times NGOs come and do technology that doesn't really fit the local environment and, and they, they just don't last. So this is one of the things I liked about LifeWater. Okay, next question. Well, there's a couple of slides up here that just show what the pumps look mm -hmm. like. Do you, shall we just scroll through them or yes. do you want to say anything so about them? So these are all photos from previous South Point projects that you guys have supported. I've highlighted two of them in particular that I think are going to be a really cool story. So the first one here is the latest one that you guys supported. This is was from uh, our team in Nigeria. Uh, that team is led by Hosea Ape. You can see him in the hat in the middle there. He is an educational psychologist and actually head of the psychology department at the University of Abuja. He is what within LifeWater we call a dude. He is incredible. He also has three-year-old triplets. Wow. I don't know how he finishes <laughs> it all, but he does a really good job of it. We love him. So this well here was uh, our pump rehabilitation. So no drilling was actually required, but the pump that was there needed complete replacement. He and his team got in their truck and they drove up to this community to restore this pump. This was one of two in the community that were both broken down. Uh, on their way there, they ran into a washed out road that was under construction. So you can see their truck in the back. Uh, it couldn't maneuver past um, that road construction. So he called the community, told them that it doesn't, it's not going to work out. We're going to have to come back another time. They refused to let him turn around and instead found a tow truck to hire and the tow truck dragged them up the rest of the way to the, toward the community here. Uh, so this is the uh, construction and the next picture over is completed. And we were a part of that. You made that happen. Thank you very much. And then the next one I wanted to highlight is from Kenya. This one actually is kind of special to LifeWater in particular. On the left there, you see Pastor David. He has been our longtime partner in Kenya. He's one of the oldest partners that we have partnered with. This is one of the last wells that he actually was partnership with us. Uh, in 2020, he had a heart attack. So he kind of had to step back as far as like any physical work that he did. 
Yeah. So, so I asked Scott, like, well, if what could we do this year? Like, these are projects we've done in the past. What could we be a part of in the future? And uh, Scott started to tell me about this beautiful organization called STADA, which means Sister Thrive. So, Scott, tell us about this organization and what they're doing and how wells fit into the picture. Yes. We started partnering with STADA actually through Pastor David. And wherever he would drill wells or do projects, they would do health and hygiene workshops. So they would just kind of go into the community and teach about waterborne illnesses, what they are, how to treat them, how to prevent them, and general health education. When David had to step back from doing the actual well and pump repairs, he recommended STATA to us that if we helped fund their uh, water projects, that they would be a good replacement for us. Uh, so he was essential in training the STATA team. So STATA, they were started by Patricia Nudi, a lawyer in Kenya, uh, who gave up the practice to start this organization. They are a women's rights organization like, to uplift women and girls' rights in Kenya, as well as the health of all people. So they do a, a bunch of different programs. Uh, they are a very young group. Patricia is the oldest. I'm not even sure she's 30 yet. Uh, the mm -hmm. average age of the workers is, I think, 23. There's maybe 12 of them altogether. About six or seven of them grew up in the same orphanage together. So they're all longtime friends. They're all within like two to three years age range. They have a bunch of different programs. They do widows outreach, young mother's health. This picture here is representative of one thing they do, menstrual hygiene napkins. So they're reusable napkins. I'm getting ahead of myself here. But That's I'm just good. Gonna go. You go yeah. for it. Yeah. We consider clean water in these regions especially to be a women's rights issue. Generally, the water fetching duties is done by the women and the girls in the community. And if they have to travel very far in order to get their water, it's a daily occurrence. If they have to do that every morning, they're going to miss school. They're not going to be able to work. So if we can bring water closer to them, then it just cuts their daily duties a lot. Generally, what we find is when we go into a community, we survey the community to see how many school hours the girls are missing. And then we compare that with after the well is in place. Generally, we see a drastic drop in the amount of hours that the girls miss. In this area in Kasumu, for whatever reason, we could not see as big a drop as we were expecting. So trying to figure out why that was, we learned that menstrual hygiene products in this area are just prohibitively expensive for many of the families. So when a teen girl in school is on her period, she just basically does not go to school that whole week. Partnering with Stata, we helped set them up kind of a sewing station. So they sew these reusable menstrual napkins. Whenever they do a water project at a school, they hand out all these kits to all the girls. And then that has greatly increased the amount of hours that they can stay in school. And you told me that it's the grandmas in the community who are becoming the yes. seamstresses, which I think is so yeah, cool. Many of the people that are working creating these are the old widows that they have like they're in their outreach mm -hmm. program. Mm -hmm. So this would be something that we could come alongside of as a church, which I, it ticks so many boxes that are close to my heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, we could actually play that video. Yeah. I, I managed to reach out to them and they mm -hmm. sent a, a quick video for us. <laughs> yes. So this is a good story. Uh, this is Christine Ware. I actually met her before. Uh, generally, when I do this, I uh, talk to Patricia directly. Uh, she recently just had her baby like a few days before I asked her, so I wasn't going to bother her. So then I asked her next in line, Maureen. So I video called her. And as I was just talking with her, she was just kind of very much out of it. It was 8 p.m. I was like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, did I wake you up? Are you okay? And she says, no, I'm fine. I just, I have malaria. Huh. 
<laughs> and wow. I was like, oh, okay. Just a bit of a different life that you and I both live. Yeah. So this is Christine. She has just made this quick little video here as an introduction. Hi, my name is Christine Were. I work at Stada Kenya as a project officer. Stada was founded in the year 2020 to promote equality and justice for all girls and women. Stada signed an agreement with Life Water Canada in the year 2021 to conduct health and hygiene activities in schools and communities, rehabilitate broken boreholes, repair broken hand pumps, drill boreholes for schools and communities, and produce and distribute reusable sanitary towels to adolescent girls. So far, we have managed to drill nine boreholes, repair over 100 broken hand pumps, rehabilitate around 30 pumps, conduct over 500 health and hygiene talks in schools and communities, and distribute over 5,000 reusable sanitary towels. Some of the impacts these activities have had in schools include a lot of time has been saved, especially for girls and women who would go long distances in search of water, improving health, sanitation, and education in schools, restoration of services in health facilities and schools. Our reusable sanitary towels have enabled girls to maintain their body dignity and integrity, and also retention of girls in schools during that time of the month. Now she just inspires me. Please thank her yes, for doing that absolutely. for us. Yes. Because they are so young, they are very tech savvy. So if you want, they have a website, they have Instagram, they have Facebook, they have Twitter. You can all look it up. It's usually at Stata Kenya. Okay. One of the things that I learned by researching Lifewater Canada, they have such a, a strong reputation. It's such a small organization and they've been listed one of the top 10 impact charities. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means and why you have such high ratings? Mm -hmm. I'll start off by saying I, I only began in August, so I can't really take a whole lot of credit for what we have done in the past. Where we are right now has been achieved through kind of a combination of expertise, trial and error, and then just some miracles in some cases. We were started in 1997 by uh, Jim Garrels, who was a uh, hydro engineer with the government of Ontario. His church just kind of had an outreach program to Liberia during their civil war. They wanted to drill a water well. It was kind of the same project. They would go in, drill a water well, come back. He had the expertise, so he wanted to get involved. Uh, after staying there for a few weeks, he realized that he just could not leave. He just couldn't, didn't want to just go and come back one more time. So he went back many times during the civil war strategy was kind of limited during that time. Um, but then after the war kind of subsided, we were able to expand into Kenya, into Haiti after the 2010 earthquake. And part of the trial and error portion of that is learning what they learned through Liberia, and then taking that into Kenya, taking that into Haiti, expanding into Nigeria, which is we did in 2020. Uh, just kind of taking all of the data, we're very data taking all of that together and just kind of learning what works best. Um, and that was, it was through that trial and error that kind of spawned the, the local NGO partnerships that we have done. Miracles, the most recent one would be in beginning of 2021, kind of just as inflation was increasing in everything, um, pumps and their production and their costs and everything came up along with everything else. So when we had a contract with a manufacturer kind of expiring, they were going to charge us much extra out of the blue. We got an email from a manufacturer in India that uh, just heard about us, liked what we did, 
um, and just wanted to help. And so we were managed to sign a contract with him, keeping our pump cost at the same level. And then he locked us into that for pretty much no other reason than he just wanted to help. So we are getting our pumps under what a lot of other people are. Um, so if you wanna come back to the costs slide. So drilling a new well, that would be drilling the well, putting the pump and the concrete pad underneath, that is $5,200. That is quite a bit lower than similar organizations like us are able to do. Partly it's because of just the miracles and stuff that I have said. Partly it's because of our efficiency that we have managed over the years. And then also just kind of the regions that we are in are a bit cheaper than some other places. For $1,200, you can get a well rehabilitation. That is the same one that I showed you in the Nigeria project. So that is a complete replacement of the pump and the concrete pad that's underneath it. And then pump repairs are $125 each. A health and hygiene workshop and the dignity kits would come up with each of those projects. This is a, uh, something that the NET and the leadership team is proposing to you. Our goal is that in our season of Easter, we would like to practice resurrection, you know, put some teeth into our desire for resurrection by um, having a giving campaign and the money that we collect would go to this organization through Life Water Canada. So this is your, I'm priming the pump. <laughs> um, and, but you'll be hearing more about that and, and how we're going to be doing this together. But, you know, be thinking about that. Um, maybe you can get a little bottle on your countertop and begin to put some things in, in, in the bottle and thinking about what, what you can give. So Scott, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, there's so, please talk to him afterwards. There's so much more he could be saying. His own story about how he's become involved is, is interesting. Um, so thank you so much for that, Scott. And David, do you want to come and lead us in a prayer of the people at this time? So as we often do, I'll punctuate uh, our prayers today with a familiar call, Lord, in your mercy, to which you know the response. Hear our prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, your unconditional love comforts us and reminds us of who we are. Thank you, God, for your love. But loving God, we confess that your boundless love also challenges us. Its profound implications and demands can be a very uncomfortable thing. You command us to love one another as you have loved us and it seems beyond us so often. Confronted by the intractable global challenges of hunger and thirst, war and poverty, refugee migration, pandemic and environmental degradation, and facing the heartbreaking close to home tragedies of homelessness, addiction and mental illness, we often feel overwhelmed, ineffectual, even guilty, Faint hopes and compounded fears restrain us in loving our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And so we pray into that identity and into those challenges in, with, and through the love of God and the God of love. Today, our prayers surround the global need for clean and accessible water. Let us pray for those who suffer and strive for the women and children who daily spend long hours and trek dusty miles in search of water, we pray. 
for the people whose health suffers from contaminated water and whose crops wither and die of thirst, we pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for those who seek and serve, for those individuals like the young, compassionate and activist women in Kenya, and for the organizations like Life Water Canada and Stata, who have made clean water and empowering young and adolescent women the clear focus of their mission in the name of Christ, we pray. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And let us pray for ourselves, dwellers in the rainforest with fresh water rivers and lakes in abundance, recognizing once again our multiple privileges. Give us hearts like the heart of Christ, grounded in the love of God and enacting that love in a broken and thirsty world. Give us a vision of the kingdom of God, like the one that grounded and moved Jesus. Remind us that the kingdom will not appear by magic or divine fiat, but by imagination, organization, collaboration, courage, sacrifice, and giving. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, day by day, challenge by challenge, and encounter by encounter, carry us more deeply into that love which created all things and which binds all things together into that love, which is our salvation and the hope of the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen. Mm -hmm.